0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the first Ambira College Football Podcast. My name is Dylan Count curley but you already know that. And as always, I'm joined by Anthony Azan. Anthony, we did record a week Four recap. Some technical difficulties occurred, so we're kind of throwing together a recap and preview episode here tonight Uh, for uh, the recap in week four preview in week five of the college football season before we jump into this because we do have a lot to talk about now uh, it's hard to believe we're now five weeks into the college football season Uh, but I mean it's been a fun season so far this week in slate isn't the sexiest I would say it's definitely a little dry in some parts but it's still college football and it's still going to be some fun games to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, to use your words, it could be a little wetter. But, you know, I think, you know, it's we're already five weeks into the season and as we go forward the games are gonna get more interesting. More and more conferences are gonna get back into play. So, you know, we have a lot to look forward to, and especially in a season where we didn't even know we were gonna have one about a month, month and a half ago. So, yeah, let's dive into the uh, Week 4 recap that we already recorded, but it got messed up, and we're doing All it again right. here.
0: Uh, First off, let's just talk about uh, the first major upset of uh, the week last week. Oklahoma fell to Kansas State for the second straight season. Uh, 35-31, I believe, was the final score there. Uh, sorry, 38-35. 38-35. Yeah, 38-35. Um, the story of this game Oklahoma collapsed in the second half really after being up 28 to 7 and Kansas State scored uh, 30 uh, 31 unanswered I mean yeah, about 31 unanswered points I think. Uh, what are what your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, about 31 unanswered points for Kansas State, including 17 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma did not score a single point in the fourth quarter, and obviously that was a huge difference maker in this game. Uh, For Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler didn't have a terrible game, 387 yards passing, four touchdowns, but he did have three costly interceptions. So a lot of flash, but also a lot of freshman moments for him as well. And for Kansas State, the story was Skylar Thompson had a great game, eighteen to twenty-five, three hundred and thirty-four yards and a touchdown, and he was the big reason why they won this game for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Skylar Thompson was great on a Saturday; he was very efficient. I mean, like you said, eighteen for twenty-five. Spencer Rattler, on the other hand, put up some big numbers: three eighty-seven, four touchdowns, but three interceptions really ended up costing uh, Oklahoma here and. I mean, it's the first taste of defeat for Spencer Rattler, and it will be interesting to see if he can bounce back this weekend against Iowa State.
1: Yeah, and another storyline for Oklahoma was definitely missed tackles on defense. Uh, watching that game, you could tell they were not pre- as prepared as they should have been, and they missed a lot of tackles against Kansas State receivers and running backs, and that definitely cost them bigger chunk plays than they should have gotten. So for Oklahoma they have to clean up that tackling if they want to move forward and compete against teams like Texas and you know, Oklahoma State and you know, they have to fix sure. that tackling on defense. Otherwise sure. they're gonna up a lot of points. Uh
0: on our big thing, uh, this was a sloppy game from both teams too, twenty three total penalties. Uh but I, I think the biggest question that comes out of this is Oklahoma now falls to I think uh, I forget where they actually rank. Give me a second now. They fell to eighteenth.
1: They're ranked 18 right now. I believe
0: 18th. uh, Do you think this, in a shortened season, eliminates them from college football playoff contention?
1: No, I don't think it does because I still think they're the best team in the Big Twelve on paper, and I think that Texas and Oklahoma State they're they're going to lose somewhere if not to Oklahoma, so Oklahoma has to win out at this point. I don't think they can afford another loss, but. This doesn't necessarily eliminate them from the playoff, per se.
0: Yeah, I I can agree with that. Uh, I I think it'll be interesting to see is uh, when it comes time if there if it's a one loss Oklahoma team, will they take a one loss Oklahoma with a loss to Kansas State, or would they take a maybe a one loss Penn State with a loss to Ohio State, or a uh, one loss Florida, one loss Georgia, any other second team from the SEC? Uh, so I think that'll be a uh, Something that's interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, it certainly takes them out of the driver's seat. So that's a this is a big loss for them in terms of the playoff perspective. And yeah, they just got to win out the rest of the year. Yep.
0: and that's all they can do, for, really. Uh, but let's move on. The second upset: Mike leads KJ Costello, Mississippi State, upset the defending national champions uh, in uh, the season opener. Um, what your thoughts on this one as Mississippi State took down uh, LSU? Well I, mean, for Mississippi-
1: well, I mean, for Mississippi State, everyone questioned the Mike Leach offense, if they would be able to um, compete in the SEC with his air raid style offense. And KJ Costello responded to the tune of uh, taking ownership of the SEC passing record with 623 yards and five touchdowns on the day on 60 total passes. So, you know, KJ Costello was more than impressive those receivers were more than impressive three receivers went over a hundred yards in this game for Mississippi State and for LSU Miles Brennan was okay he didn't he passed for 345 yards and three touchdowns but he had two interceptions and honestly he wasn't very effective when you watched him during the game so for LSU you know they're gonna need to figure out you know with Miles Brennan, where they're going to go going forward and how he's going to progress throughout the year is going to be a big indicator of how this team finishes because this is definitely you know, a down-to-earth kind of loss for the defending national champions.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with everything you just said. Uh, obviously, KJ Costello, I mean, you put up 623 yards and five touchdowns in your SEC debut. It's hard to get much better than that, especially when you're going up against a team like LSU. Uh, Mike Leach, I mean... Uh, a little bit surprised that they pulled this off, but at the same time, Mike Leach has always been a coach who's been able to get his teams up for games like this. I I do question LSU. They really never really looked. I mean, as what I watched, you'd think they would have went and watched like a uh, tape of Washington against Mississippi State. The la- I mean, Washington versus Washington State the last few years, but uh, you didn't see any of those type of defensive Uh, calls or uh, looks from LSU uh, which I I thought would have helped significantly. For Miles Brandon, I mean I think 27-46 3-45 and 3 doesn't look bad but he counted two interceptions and figured that his QBR is only 32.2 and it really tells more of the full story with his performance.
1: I will say LSU did have a lot to replace from last year, and it goes just beyond you know Joe Burrow, who had the all-world season for them. But you know they replaced Clyde Edwards-Helaire, they replaced Jamar Chase, who opted out. they were replacing a lot on defense, a bunch of starters, a bunch of key guys, and Derek Stingley was out, who was honestly might be one of the best defensive backs in the country, if not the best defensive back in the country, going into this year. So, thankfully, he's okay. He had an illness last weekend that prevented him from playing. But LSU had a lot that they were missing. So, this isn't necessarily a surprise that they gave up 44 points and didn't look super effective. But, you know, the guys that are stepping in are going to have to figure it out and they're going to have to be able to move forward if they want to compete at a high level on an all-SEC schedule.
0: I agree. Uh, going forward, I, I don't think this honestly changes much of where I think Mississippi State is in the SEC. I think they're probably still a middle-of-the-pack team. I mean, in their division, I still think they're behind Alabama and Auburn at least. But uh, I can still see them finishing at the end of the season above uh, Texas A&M and LSU. Uh, What do you say there?
1: Yeah, I think Mississippi State, they definitely... They're definitely a little bit elevated, in my opinion, in terms of where they could go with this season. It all depends on how, how well they use this momentum they have off of this game because that was an impressive win for them. And they looked they looked pretty solid. And KJ Costello looks like he could be a really good quarterback in that Mike Leach offense. So we'll see where it takes them moving forward. But they definitely could be more of, more of a competitor in some games than we thought they would be.
0: I agree. And, and for LSU, I mean, obviously I think national title – Hopes are now gone uh, with this loss. Not that if they went undefeated the rest of the way that they wouldn't be in the conversation, but uh, I think we saw that this team just isn't going to have what last year's team had, and that's to be expected. Um, But at the same time, I mean, they still have uh, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, and A&M all on their schedule. Uh, This could be a an eight-win team this year, or this this could be a team that hovers right around 500? Yeah, we'll
1: get- yeah, I think we'll get into Florida in a second, but I think they're the real deal. I think on paper they should beat LSU. I think Alabama's going to beat LSU. So could be LSU this could be an LSU team, like you said, that really really falls out of the national picture quite quickly and sort of struggles across the finish line at the end of this season. LSU will be fine moving into the future, but I think that this is definitely going to be more of a rebuilding year for them than they wanted it to be coming off a national Yeah, title.
0: and I mean, with nine games left, uh, already own one but I think if with their schedule, with the teams I just mentioned, uh, and then, I mean, even a, a Mississippi won't be an easy game. We'll see what Vanderbilt gives on this week, and Vanderbilt played well against A&M. Uh, but I, I think this LSU team uh could still surprise us maybe a little bit, but I think they are going to come down a little back to earth this year and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Auburn-esque descent for LSU uh, like Auburn had after they lost Cam Newton. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on?
1: Nah, just two teams that will be interesting to follow as uh, we move forward throughout All the right.
0: season. Uh, Next up, Miami dominated Florida State this past weekend uh what was that 52 to 10
1: it was decimation 52 to ten yeah, yeah.
0: um we we don't have to spend too much on this game because I was expecting a blowout I don't know if I was expecting a 42 point win for Miami uh but I think at the end of the day what we'd take away from this is uh that Miami offense is certainly for real Deek King is for real as well. Um, and Florida State is just, I mean, it's going to be a long season for the Seminoles, and they may finish, they may be the worst team in the ACC this year, and maybe be the, one of the worst Power Five conference teams in the entire country.
1: Yeah, quickly, this might be the lowest point in the last five years. Or whenever they started oh, turning no, three definitely. years for for Florida this State. This is the lowest point for Florida State. This might be State the lowest time. point. Oh yeah, no, that was that was bad, and it was summarized by that play with uh, I think it was Jordan Travis who like was falling back. He was about to get sacked. and He threw the pick to uh, Jalen Phillips, of the linebacker for Miami. He tipped it up in the air and caught it. It, it was it was a horrible looking play that just summarized Florida State's entire night. But yeah, no, this Miami offense is for real it's going to be really fun to watch them play Clemson in two weeks and they're coming off of a bye when they play Clemson. So they got two weeks to prep for that. So that could be a lot more of a fun game than people thought it would be at the start of the season. And Florida state's in trouble, man. They are, they are a really bad football team. They are a lot worse than I thought they would be than anybody thought they would be. And I would not be surprised if their only win of the season ends up being against Jacksonville state next week. I would not be surprised, I would not be
0: surprised with that either. Uh, Miami like I said dear king big game uh 29 for 42 67 and two touchdowns and on 65 yards on the ground so uh what is that about three over 330 total yards offensively um I think this Miami team is definitely probably uh second best in the ACC at this point I mean I'm I'm interested to see how they stack up against some of the other quality opponents in the ACC. Uh, they got a bye week this week, but they got Clemson in two weeks. What are you expecting out of Miami in that game as it stands right now? I think uh, for me, I I see them maybe competing with Clemson for uh, two two quarters, two and a half quarters, but I also expect at the end of the day for Clemson to pull away and probably still win that by. 17
1: to 21 points? Yeah, no, Miami's riding a lot of confidence right now. I think this is um, one of the highest points for Miami football in recent memory. Um, You know, they got a lot of momentum going into the Clemson game, but Clemson is obviously the overall more talented team, and they're not going to take this game very lightly. So, like you said, I expect it to be about two two and a half maybe even three quarters it's relatively close but i think clemson will pull away in the fourth quarter their talent will shine through and i just think miami just does not have enough talent wise to be able to compete with clemson for a full and
0: four here's quarters. the other thing i'm thinking of um let's be honest here if this was a normal season everybody was playing from the get-go Miami would be making some noise, but we would not be having all of this hype around this team to this level if it was a normal season, correct?
1: It would be some hype, it would be be some hype. Some hype but it wouldn't be as much as it is right but now. But exactly,
0: because you look at their schedule, and I'm not taking, I'm not trying to take anything away from Miami here. They're a very good team, but you look at their schedule. They beat UAB, they beat a, a what we know now is an overrated Louisville team. And they beat one of the worst teams in all of Power 5 football. They, they haven't exactly gone up against a gauntlet here in the first three weeks. They pretty much have done what they're supposed to do. And uh, while their offense is very good, I think Clemson's going to expose their defense in two weeks. Uh, and that's ultimately what's going to lead their downfall. We'll see what Miami does here in the upcoming weeks, like I said. Clemson, then they have Pittsburgh, UVA is a good team. And then uh, Virginia Tech later on, and they finished the season with UNC. So I still think this Miami team could be end up a ten and two team. That's what we projected them at, at the beginning of the season. Sorry, eight and two team or nine and one. Uh, that's what we projected them closer to the beginning of the season. But at the same time, we've seen starts like this out of Miami before, and I'm not ready to buy all in because we we've seen what happens sometimes.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not buying all in on them right now either, but it's definitely encouraging what they've shown. And the biggest test is going to be Clemson. If they can keep it close for three quarters against Clemson, you know, I think that shows that this is a very tough Miami team. If they, they fall apart before halftime, then we know that this team definitely just benefited from a stronger schedule. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm sure it'll be prime time. ABC, whatever night game. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a very fun one, but we'll have to wait a whole another week for it. Um, last, lastly, the one to cover, and on a, a bigger level, Texas holds off Texas Tech in uh, quite the game, 63-56. Here, um, I mean, on one hand. In a season like this, I think the main point is just survive in advance. But the at the other hand, if you're Texas, you can't be feeling good about your defense. Well this,
1: classic... well, this was just a classic Big Twelve style game, wasn't it? I mean, all offense, no defense. Just each offense just moving at will. You know, both offenses look fantastic, and both defenses look like crap. That's just that simple. But no, it, like you're right. If you're Texas, it's just you're happy you got out of this one alive, you know, you're happy you survive and you get to play another week for them. They still have the, you know, they still uh, hold their destiny in their hands and it's all in their control. Just keep winning and you're going to put yourself in the playoff contention and win the big 12. So that's all you got to keep thinking, you know, Ellinger looked good. I you know, as you expect them to 27 to 40, two five touchdowns. Um, Joshua Moore looked pretty good with three touchdown receptions on five catches He was definitely a big difference maker in this game. But I got to give credit to Texas Tech, too. You know, a team that almost lost to Houston Baptist last week. You know, Alan Bowman turned it around and threw for 325 yards and five touchdowns. They got some help from the run game and Sir Roderick Thompson. So Texas Tech's offense looked great, too. But like we said, defense was optional in this game, to say the least.
0: I I fully agree with your analysis there. Uh, Based off stats... And now, what we expect him to do right now? Would you, would you put uh Sam Ellinger at the top of our uh, at the top of the Heisman watch right now?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have to. I'd have to think about that. He's definitely in the conversation. He has six. But I'm not sure. I'd put right him at now, the he has six hundred
0: eighty-eight yards, ten touchdowns, and one interception.
1: I feel like I'd have to put, like have to put Costello and Trask before ellinger i'm looking at the heisman conversation just because ellinger almost got his numbers in one game and kyle trask was incredibly impressive against ole miss so but ellinger's definitely in that conversation for now as long as he keeps winning
0: i i agree with you there um let's just go through uh some one set let's do one sentence about the rest of the top 25 games and then we'll do our our new uh, recap segment quickly, and we'll jump into the preview soon next for this upcoming weekend. Um. All right, let me just pull up last weekend's schedule here. All right, Alabama, Missouri. One sentence.
1: One sentence. Roll Tide. Roll. Oh, just they just looked great Jalen Waddell looked great and he's your MVP Yeah
0: I'd say it it was exactly what we expected out of Alabama Missouri kept it a little closer than expected uh and I mean it, there's good things to take away from, from for both teams from it uh Georgia Arkansas beats Arkansas at 37-10
1: Uh, definitely an offensive struggle early for Georgia. 7-5 to five at halftime did not look great for them, but second half they did what we expect them to do and, and pulled away in this one and ended up winning pretty big. Arkansas is a bad team.
0: Yeah, Georgia, uh, disappointed offensively in the first half. Second half uh, was pr- a lot better. Not, still not great, but a lot better. We'll see how they do this upcoming weekend.
1: also real quick JT Daniels has been cleared to play for Georgia so he could be potentially inserted into the starting lineup as quickly as this weekend against Auburn which will be a top 10 matchup that we'll probably cover in the preview so I'll leave it there
0: um, Florida 51 Ole Miss 35 I'll start off uh, the Trask Pitts combo looks uh, absolutely deadly uh, but don't write off Ole Miss this year because that offense is going to be mighty dangerous especially uh wide receiver Elijah Moore
1: I'm just gonna say it like this my one sentence Florida could win the SEC Florida could be a playoff contender this year I love what I saw from them and Kyle Trask looks like the real deal to quarterback I'm excited for this Florida team don't let me down
0: uh number eight Auburn defeats Kentucky 29 thirteen um I'll start off uh I'll simply call it a gutsy and impressive win by auburn
1: yeah no i I would agree with that um Seth Williams was great, six receptions hundred and twelve yards two touchdowns um Kentucky showed some stuff there, but yeah no, auburn was able to pull out a gutsy s e c game in a game where it was predicted they might get. A lot of people thought they would be upset in this yep. game, so good win it, for Auburn. It was
0: only a a 15-13 yeah, game going into the fourth quarter in Auburn. Uh, got two touchdowns in the fourth to break it open. Uh, Texas A&M holds on, beats Vanderbilt 17-12. Uh, you can start off here.
1: was not impressed by Texas a and M. I I really wasn't. Uh, Kellen Mond looked average at best, only 189 yards passing. I need to see more out of this Texas A&M team.
0: Yeah, I'd call it a disappointing effort from Texas A&M. And, uh, it's definitely a hit against uh, everybody who thought uh Kellen Mond maybe will take a step forward this year. Uh, now it doesn't look good for them against Alabama this weekend. Um, UCF 51 uh east carolina 28
1: i mean dylan gabriel looked fantastic four touchdowns on 400 yards passing won't take too long on this one ucf did exactly what they were expected to do they're a legitimate team in the group of five yep
0: ucf looking once again uh like a uh at large bid for a uh new year's six ball game um cincinnati defeats army twenty i'll start off uh Impressive win, I think, Uh, and more so impressive because Army is a very team, very hard team to cover a spread against. Cincinnati did that. I mean, we've seen Army take Oklahoma and Michigan to the wire the last few seasons. Cincinnati, uh, very impressive.
1: Yeah, for Army, they weren't able to control the time of possession like they probably wanted to. 30 minutes for Army, 29 minutes for Cincinnati, so a pretty even split. And I think that was a big difference in this game. Cincinnati held the ball just as much, and they were able to score a lot more with their more high-powered offense than Army has. But good defensive effort for Cincinnati and a, and a really quality win against a solid Oklahoma Army State
0: 27, West Virginia 13. Um, I'll start off again. Good win for Oklahoma State. It's good that they, once again, were able to win without their offense uh, really clicking. Um, But if Spencer Sanders doesn't get healthy, uh, this OSU team is going to uh, struggle here against some better teams.
1: It's nice for Oklahoma State that their defense has been very effective. You know, only gave up, what, 7 or 10 yeah. points to Tulsa and only 13 points to very West impressive. Virginia in a conference that defense is optional usually and we've seen that as the year started but they got to get this offense going and they have to figure out how to score without Spencer Sanders because it's been really tough for them Chubba Hubbard can only do so much without a lot of weapons around him I agree
0: there uh BYU 48 Troy 7 uh I mean the two games we've seen BYU this year uh they look tremendous I mean if UCF doesn't get that uh New Year's six at a large bid, could we be looking at BYU?
1: It'll be tough just because their schedule is, is so weak. They don't really play. I think they play army, but they don't play any teams that you really look at and say, wow, like that game could yeah. be tough for them, but they're a good, they're a good team. And you know, they just had a completely outmatched opponent in Troy and they just blew him out. Zach Wilson looked fantastic. Yeah, man, as you are
0: talking about their schedule, I'll just go through it real quick. Uh, they did have that, Game against Army postponed. Not sure if it's been rescheduled. Louisiana Tech this week and UTSA, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, and then Northern Arizona all left on their schedule. Like you said, not exactly a difficult schedule. Uh, Louisiana twenty, Georgia Southern eighteen. Uh, the Raging Cajuns did drop out of the top twenty-five since the Pac-12 and Big Ten came back in, but hey, they're still undefeated through three weeks. I don't know if they can continue pulling out these wins, but a win's a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, a win's a win for them. They've been skating on thin ice these past two weeks. They've had to pull comebacks, I think, both times, and it's been games that they probably should have won a lot easier than they did, especially considering their ranking. But, you know, hey, a win's a win. Good for them. Hope they can keep it up.
0: Um. West, sorry, North, Virginia Tech, 45 NC State twenty four. Um, I thought it was a. I mean, I thought it was a pretty quality win for Virginia Tech. They looked good in their first game this season. Yeah, nothing much
1: to add, yeah, nothing much to add there. Um, you know, Virginia Tech looked looked solid in this game. A lot of offense for them, and uh, NC State coming off that game against Wake Forest, they thought maybe they'd do a little more than what they did, but. You know Virginia Tech clearly the better team, and you know they won this one fairly All easily. All right,
0: finally, Pittsburgh twenty-three, Louisville twenty. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense once again showing that they're one of the best defenses in the country, maybe the best defense in the entire ACC. Um, don't sleep on the Panthers.
1: Yeah, no, their defense is fantastic, and Kenny 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 Pickett continues to look solid for them. He looks like he's a great answer for them at quarterback. Whereas for Louisville, Malik Cunningham looked bad, only 9-21 for 107 yards and three touchdowns. His pit defense really kept him at bay, didn't let him move at all, didn't let him throw the ball downfield, and that really affected the outcome of this game for Louisville.
0: Cunningham also left that game uh, with an injury, uh, but he definitely wasn't uh, playing well before the uh, injury occurred. Uh, and with that, that's all the top 25 games this weekend. Um, finally a new segment here in our recaps we, we're calling it raise a glass since we are a little bit of a beer uh podcast as we like to say um so basically these are our stars of the week and we're going to raise a glass uh usually we would do three each uh but for the sake of this episode we're just going to do one each anthony who are you raising a glass to
1: So I'm going to raise a glass to Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, who had one of the best games of the week, in my opinion. Eight receptions, 170 yards, and four touchdowns. He caught four of Kyle Trask's six touchdowns in this game. He was unstoppable. This Ole Miss defense couldn't touch him, and he proved why he is one of, if not the best, tight end in the entire country in this game.
0: Great choice by by you there. And then I'm going to go with, obviously, K.J. Costello, who broke the... SEC passing record in his first game with Mississippi State in their 44-34 upset win over LSU. Uh, he finished 36 for 65 touchdowns and two interceptions. So, raising my glass to Costello and really that entire Mississippi State program for a big one. But with that, Anthony, it's time to put the pass behind us and look forward to this weekend. Again, not a great slate of football, But it's football, and that's all that matters. So let's just start off with – excuse me there. Let's just start off here uh, at the top of the slate. Um, Really only four games, I think, that are worth discussing uh, in depth this week. And we'll start with uh, Memphis versus SMU. Uh, at 3.30 on ESPN2, number 25 Memphis, of course, against SMU. This is a battle of two unbeaten AAC teams, Memphis 1-0. Uh, they're coming off a win a couple weeks ago against Arkansas State. It's been almost an entire month since they last played. And then SMU uh, is 3-0 and in the season. Uh, Memphis a 2.5-point favorite here. Uh, I'll start off with my thoughts here, Anthony. I think Memphis is the better team here, Um, more talented team. But I wonder if the layoff is going to hurt them. SMU, on the other hand, has been playing consistently over the last month. And I'm wondering if SMU's – if Memphis is going to have to shake off some rust uh, and SMU will be able to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, it has been a while while for Memphis ever since we heard about the whole uh, party bus situation. And I think they've had a couple of games postponed because of that. So there's going to be a little bit of a layoff there. They're going to have to overcome. SMU has looked pretty solid throughout this year. They haven't played anybody spectacular, I don't believe, but they do have a bunch of blowout victories. For me, this matchup is all about the quarterback battle, as a lot of matchups are. But Brady White versus Shane Buchel, two of the best quarterbacks, if not, two of, if not the best two quarterbacks in all of Group of Five. Obviously, you could throw Dylan Gabriel in there as well, and it's really whoever you want. But I remember watching Brady White against Penn State last year. He was incredibly impressive in that game, and I'm excited to see how he plays in this one as well. This should be a fun game that determines the that has a stake in determining the AAC.
0: Yeah, this could be one of the biggest ACC games of the year, uh, to say the least. And uh, I'm excited to see how this one goes. Um, I I think uh, I again I said a couple weeks ago. With Marshall App State, my my brain is telling me to take then App State. My brain here is telling me to take Memphis, but my gut is saying SMU is going to find a way to win this game. Um, So uh, I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but I just got a feeling about SMU this weekend. I think um, this is a great quarterback battle as well. Uh, Shane Buchel, of course, gets Brady White um we'll see, see what happens
1: yeah I definitely think this is going to be a defense optional type of game um both of these teams could easily score 40 points on each other you know with their offenses with those quarterbacks a lot of passing in this game for sure um I feel the same way you do like my gut says take Memphis if they had played a bunch of games leading up to this one I think Memphis would be a pretty easy pick in my opinion but you know SMU's played well, and I think they could be a sneaky a sneaky underdog in this game. I could definitely see them pulling this one out.
0: Um, yeah. Well, no point of giving a, a a score prediction here. Let's we'll just go through these. Uh, moving on. Um, we got also. Actually, I'm not sure when. Sorry about that. The random pause here. Uh, yeah, three thirty as well. Texas A and M versus Alabama. Your CBS game of the week. Um, based off what we saw last week, Alabama was a seventeen and a half point favorite here. I'm not sure if they're going to cover seventeen and a half points, but I think they're going to win this one comfortably. I just don't think Texas A and M is a very good team right now. Calmon showed me nothing that makes me think. He's going to be able to do much against this alabama team and defense
1: yeah when texas a&m played vanderbilt in their first game you expected kellen mon to be exceptional because vanderbilt is not a good team and for him to only be able to put up 17 points against vanderbilt's defense that does not give me a lot of confidence going into facing alabama Maybe he just wasn't up to the task. Maybe he just felt bored. I don't know. Maybe they were looking ahead to Alabama. Who knows? I expect them to come out more ready to play in this one. 17.5 points is a lot, but I wouldn't be shocked if they hit it, to be honest with you. You know, Alabama was impressive last week. Um, I think Mac Jones showed he he's a solid quarterback and deserving of being the starter. I know he's got Bryce Young breathing down his neck, but... I think just Alabama's going to win this one comfortably. I agree with you there. Texas A&M didn't show me anything that makes me confident in them.
0: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, do you think Alabama covers the spread here?
1: Uh, I kind of said I don't know without saying I don't know because that's I said I wouldn't be surprised if they did cover it, but for now I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they win by two yeah. touchdowns.
0: I, 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 I could see it being like I mean, 17 and a half, obviously. Uh, I-, I could honestly see them being 17 points. But at the same time, if Alabama wins this by 24 to 30 points, I wouldn't be shocked either. Uh, let's move on. That's exactly let's how I feel. Let's move on uh, to the 7 o'clock window. If you noticed, no noon games that we're really talking about at length here. Um, and that's because the noon window, If I mean, if you have errands to do, or you got stuff to do on Saturday, do it between 12 and 3.30 because once 3.30 comes, you got those two games we just talked about that are going to be fun to watch. And then later in the evening, you got our next two games, which uh, may end up being uh, being pretty good games. Um, well, one definitely will be, the other one possibly. Uh, and that other one would be uh, number 18, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Oklahoma coming off the loss to Kansas State, obviously. Iowa State coming off a 3-point win against TCU. Oklahoma only a 7-point favorite here, Anthony. Um, and I think this is a game that Oklahoma responds from that loss last week and does a big, and I think they cover the spread easily. I think Iowa State's a good team, a somewhat a good team, but I'm not ready to say they're good enough to beat Oklahoma right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this will be a bounce-back game for the Sooners. I think they're going to come out fired up. They're going to come out upset. You know, they're obviously obviously a huge setback for them against Kansas State. I think they're going to readjust their focus. And, you know, every game is important from here on out. And Lincoln Riley is going to have this team ready to play. And I, think, I expect Spencer Rattler to have a good game. You know, that matchup with Brock Purdy will be interesting to watch. I think Iowa State will keep it close in, like, the first half. But I think in the second half, Oklahoma will start to pull away, and I think they're going to cover the spread in this one.
0: Yeah, I like I said, uh, and then you pr- pretty much summed it up to uh, I, Oklahoma, I think is a good team, obviously a good team. I think they're a very good team. I think Ly- R- Lincoln Riley is a very good coach. This is a team that rarely looks bad in back-to-back weeks, and I don't think that's going to become a trend here this year. I'm expecting Spencer Rattler to play much better as well. Uh, But this Iowa State team is one that we were high on for a reason. So if they play this close, I wouldn't be all that surprised either.
1: Like I said earlier, you're going to keep my eye on Oklahoma's defense in this one. You know, if they can shore up the tackling issue that they've had recently, especially last week against Kansas State, if they can't shore that up, expect Brock Purdy to have a field day in the passing game.
0: And if Brock Purdy is able to do that and Oklahoma defense struggles, everything we just said goes out the window. And this this could very much be another upset loss for Oklahoma. Uh, finally, the game of the weekend, in my mind. Number seven, Auburn versus number four, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Anthony. I'm kind of feeling Auburn right now.
1: I'm going to be honest with you too, Dylan. I was also going into this one feeling Auburn. And it's only because I don't know Georgia's quarterback situation I'm... right now. Is it JT Daniels? Is it Stetson Bennett who has an amazing lawyer, football player type of name? I don't know. But I just – I feel like Auburn's at home in this one, right? Um,
0: I think it's at Georgia. It's at Georgia. At
1: home? Yeah. Is it at Georgia? Should have known that. But, yeah, no, you're right. It's at Georgia. But I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Auburn is just going to come out ready to play. And I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to struggle to move the ball downfield a little bit. This one could be the game where first to 25 wins it because both teams have strong defenses. And yeah. I, I think because of Georgia's lack of QB uh, – lack of QB information right now, I think Auburn can pull this one out. And
0: I forgot to mention, UGA is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite here. Um, For me, you mentioned the quarterback situation for Georgia, and I mean, let's think about three guys they could probably play. One, JT Daniels, obviously a former five-star quarterback, but nothing during his time at USC made me think that JT Daniels in Georgia automatically makes them this amazing team. I mean this, here's the thing the best quarterback uh, Kirby Smart has ever recruited he let walk away
1: Justin Fields, yeah
0: J- Now JT Daniels is very uh, I think he has a chance to be a very good quarterback but just because he was a five-star in high school, gonna, was going to be the top player in his class, still ended up a top-five player in when he reclassified, doesn't mean he's automatically going to have success, especially when he hasn't played in a game in over a year. He just got cleared uh, for uh, con- contact and to be able to play. I mean, you throw this guy out there, in game of a game against a team like Auburn, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be easy for him to get rattled if he throws a pick or two early. Th- this could be a game that gets away from Georgia. Uh, Dwayne uh, Dwayne Mathis wasn't very impressive against Arkansas. You're gonna throw him if you throw him out there against a much better team in Auburn. That's asking for disaster. And Stets uh, Stetson Bennett, I mean, looked good, but. Again, our Arkansas is levels below where Auburn is, and Auburn's a completely different animal. I, I just that quarterback situation makes me very worried if I'm a Georgia fan, you better hope your defense shows up here and plays uh, pretty much no mistake football.
1: I completely agree. If this game was towards the end of the schedule for Georgia, after we've seen what JT Daniels can do and how he's recovered off that torn ACL he had over over a year ago at this point, I would feel a lot more comfortable saying that Georgia could win this game at home. But, you know, this is his first game back. It's almost like getting thrown to the wolves a little bit if they do start JT Daniels. And if they start Stetson Bennett, because I don't think after last week Dwan Mathis is really going to be in the starting conversation i just don't know if he can do enough to beat auburn but like i said georgia is going to have to rely on this their defense in this game in a big way you know they've always had a stout defense they've always had a great defensive line they've always had solid linebackers you know if they can contain bo nicks and seth williams and the hype this auburn offense they're gonna have a shot yep so that's going to be the biggest key for them is lean on your defense and hope your offense is able to do just enough. To
0: Definitely. Win. And um, I, I think Georgia's defense is very good, obviously. They look very good against Arkansas. Um, but Bo Nix is a much better quarterback than Felipe Franks in my mind. Now, I'm not a huge believer in Bo Nix. Like, I'm not a huge believer in JT Daniels. But if I'm going to pick what quarterback I have more trust in for this weekend, I'm going to go with Bo Nix. And, and while 100%. I think Georgia's the more talented team, has the better coaching staff, this early in the season, I, I may have to ride with the team that has a doesn't have a question at the biggest posi- most important position. And uh, I, I just feel that's why I'm going to go Auburn here. Uh, and if even if Auburn doesn't win, I think they definitely cover the spread.
1: You know, I'm I am i am with you here. I think this is if Georgia wins, it's gonna be a very close game. I do not think that they're gonna run away with it at all. So it's gonna be a fun one. I'm I'm excited to watch it. Seven thirty prime time on ABC, I'm uh, assuming. Yeah. Game of the week, baby. Let's rock. Uh,
0: sorry, ESPN. It's uh the Oklahoma Iowa State is on ABC. Um
1: oh, they should flip that.
0: Um okay, let's um we did one sentence about uh, during the recap about other top 25 games. Uh, give me just what you're looking for uh, quickly out of these other games as we uh, end up to end this episode. Uh, Texas versus TCU.
1: Uh, can Texas' defense bounce back and play a solid game against TCU? And obviously, you know, can Sam Ellinger keep up his quote-unquote Heisman campaign? In this game against a, a clearly inferior opponent in my opinion
0: yeah that's what i'm looking for i'm basically looking for if uh, texas can bounce back defensively here after last week's uh tough performance um and i i think they do um I just weighed my computer here froze for a second so don't have schedule all right um number 21 tennessee against missouri uh i'm looking for tennessee to get a convincing win here uh they got a win over south carolina last week but it wasn't convincing
1: i agree i'm hearing a lot of hype hype about this tennessee team obviously a solid win in columbia Uh, south carolina is not as bad of a team as they were last year in my opinion but i agree against missouri this should be a game that they win pretty easily. And if they struggle in this one, that might be a sign of, of bad things to come for Tennessee going into a much tougher schedule later yep. in the
0: year. Uh, Baylor, West Virginia. Uh, I've been forgetting to say the spreads here. So Texas is a 12 point favorite TCU, Tennessee an 11 and a half point favorite Missouri Baylor, a three point favorite over West Virginia. Um, I, I'm really not sure how to go with this one. I, I'm excited to see what Baylor looks like uh, now under Dave Miranda against a uh, much better opponent here than Kansas, to say the least.
1: I'm just going to go with our boy Jarrett uh, Dogecoin. I'm excited to see um, if they can get this offense together and if he could be the quarterback west virginia needs uh only only a three-point favorite so this is a game that west virginia could get an upset win on who knows so you know i'm looking forward to seeing if uh our board dogecoin can pull it out
0: um texas tech kansas state is a matchup between two schools who are well one pulled off an upset one almost did uh I I guess what I'm expecting here is to see how both bounce back. Uh, Kansas State can they keep the momentum from a huge upset win, and then Texas Tech are they going to be able to put away put a heartbreaker behind them and move on, or are they going to get caught up and uh, fall again here this weekend?
1: Yeah, for this one I'm looking I'm looking forward to a um, a Big Ten uh, sorry, excuse me Big Twelve style game. Both teams scoring a lot of points, not a lot of defense, defense optional as I like to say. Uh, I think this should be a fun one to watch personally.
0: Old Miss versus Kentucky. Oh, sorry, I keep forgetting Kansas State two and a half point favorite. Uh, Old Miss versus Kentucky, Kentucky is six and a half point favorite here. Uh, I think this is an interesting matchup. Uh, two teams that I think are underrated in the SEC. Uh, I don't know if either one are going to be great record rise this year, but I think both of these teams can compete with almost uh, most of the teams on their schedule. Um, I'm excited to see how this Ole Miss offense looks again. And I think it's a big uh, test for the Kentucky defense.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Two teams who lost last week to high quality teams. And uh, both Ole Miss and Kentucky could take away positive things from those losses for actually different reasons. So I think this should be more of a defensive battle as opposed to um, the Kansas State Texas Tech game, which should be a high-powered offensive game. I think this is going to be interesting to see how, uh, like you said, Ole Miss's offense. You know, Lane Kiffin is more of an offensive guy. Interesting to see if they can score against a, a stout Kentucky defense.
0: Um and you know what I, I, looking at this I mean there's a couple games above that I skipped out on I mean North Carolina Boston College uh, I guess for that I'm just seeing if Sam Al uh, could take a step forward from his first game of the season where he wasn't uh, great but he was good uh, Boston College 2-0 uh, can they get a big upset victory in Halfley's third game but, uh, I mean, not really, no, no big storylines there, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I guess you can just look at Sam Howell versus Phil Jerkovic. Um, can, can North Carolina, how, how big can North Carolina win this game should be the question here, um, in my opinion.
0: And then, tell me if any of these other games catch your eye. Uh BYU, Louisiana Tech, or really, if you have any comments, just, just stop and tell me. Um... Florida, South Carolina, I guess they're just looking to see if Florida can contain the offensive momentum, put up another 50 spot maybe on a team they should beat probably pretty easily. Um, Pittsburgh, NC State, uh, I don't think that NC State team is very good. I think Pittsburgh should roll on that one. Will they, though? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh never rolls those games, but at the same time, it never feels like they're going to lose those games
1: no i agree with you there's just one of those teams that they're gonna win but they're never gonna blow them out but they're never gonna you're never gonna feel like they're they're losing early
0: you you feel like they're probably gonna find a way to win against teams like that um
1: yeah of course they're not beaten they'll pull. they pull some upsets they'll they'll pull off a big win every, every
0: now and then they're very pittsburgh obviously gets uh a lot of crap uh from their rivals, uh, and other teams of the ACC. By the end of the day, they're a respectable program that gets seven and eight, seven or eight wins usually, and uh, they're just not stylish. Um,
1: exactly. No, and you don't have to no. be necessarily
0: Virginia Tech Duke, Chase Bryce has like two touchdowns and six interceptions so far this year. Um, Virginia Tech isn't a great matchup for him. So I for that one I just I think I'm looking at Virginia Tech's offense and then I mean Jacksonville State, Florida State is a possible Florida State can lose.
1: That has, you know, that has storylines for different reasons than the other ones we're talking about. Oh, can this team keep up their momentum or can this team bounce back? Florida State, we're looking at can this team just even win. I think if, we, if they don't win this game, they're not winning a game the rest of the season. It's, it's I'm just trying that to think simple.
0: where they played a few years ago. But we almost saw Florida State lose to an FCS team a few years ago.
1: No, we almost did. Uh, look, listen, this Florida State team, we can go on for a while about them and how badly they've fallen from grace. But if you're a Florida State fan the last three-ish seasons or, or so, God bless your soul. It was Samford. That, that's not an easy thing to do right now. Well,
0: in 2018, they almost lost to Samford.
1: That's, that's, so that's, that's just so sad to hear from Florida State. A team that when we were kids, they were yeah. dominant. I still remember Jameis Winston and, you know, that team winning the national championship. And eating Jameis Winston was eating W's and telling the players in the locker room to put a smile on their face while they were stealing crab legs. You know, it's a fun time fun time to be a Seminole fan it is no longer a fun time um
0: navy air force uh first game this season i think in the race for the commander's trophy um i mean navy looked bad for the first six quarters of play their last two quarters against tulane a couple weeks two weeks ago was really impressive um and air force we we really don't know much about
1: Yeah, no, Navy flipped the switch, uh, to quote Drake there for a second. They went from a team that looked really bad and couldn't tackle a single player to a team that looked great and pulled a come-from-behind victory. So hopefully Navy can keep that momentum going for their sake.
0: And then, you know, I I think that's truly all the notable games this week. Um, I mean, LSU, Vanderbilt, and then Virginia and Clemson. But I think LSU bounces back against Vanderbilt. And beats them probably pretty handily. And then Virginia versus Clemson really probably isn't going to be much of a game either.
1: Yeah, no, I expect LSU to have some fire this week. Coach O is going to get them ready. And this is a a great game for a bounce back if you're LSU. A Vanderbilt team that really doesn't stack up in any area, even to an LSU team that lost a lot in the last year. So I expect LSU to win this game by probably three touchdowns or possibly even more than that. But um, Virginia-Clemson, again, same story. Clemson's just going to roll in this game. Really no storylines there. Just expect a big dub from Clemson.
0: Yep, fully agree. And, I I mean, with that, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, Before we sign off here, uh, any last thoughts?
1: I'm just excited to, to watch more football, another week of SEC storylines, another week of potential upsets, and uh, we'll cover it. Uh, we'll cover it on Sunday or probably Sunday night. We'll cover everything that happened.
0: All right. And with that, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the First of Beer College Football podcast. Uh, if you aren't already, make sure to subscribe to the uh, podcast on whatever you'll you listen to it. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts. Um, really any podcast play, any place you get your podcasts we're available on. Uh, we're going to be trying to, I think soon upload these all to YouTube. So we, you can subscribe there as well. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at first underscore and beer. Um, yeah. And be sure to interact, interact with us in any possible way. Um, and thanks for listening again and we'll talk to you soon